Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. My name is Danielle Vogel, and you're listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio, a show about the little things you can do to minimize your personal carbon footprint. This show is all about empowering you to take control of the pace of environmental progress you're making just by being a little bit more mindful about the way you eat, drink, shop, and think. This isn't hard stuff, but we'll show you just how easy it can be when you know exactly which small things really do matter. If fighting climate change is something that's important to you, or possibly just something you're curious to learn more about, please consider subscribing to Everyday Enviro, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by Shizu Okuza, founder of Drink Juicery and Apothecary. Shizu, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So each week on Everyday Enviro, we explore small behavioral changes we can make to reduce our personal carbon footprint. We talk a lot about environmental sustainability. Obviously, that's the point. But we don't talk much about emotional sustainability. And if there's one thing I've learned the hard way as an entrepreneur, it's that I can't lead effectively when I'm not emotionally prepared to succeed. So today, we're going to think about sustainability through a new lens. And we're going to talk about the ways we can better fortify ourselves to fight the good fight over the long term, because we all know repairing our environment is going to take a while. So, Shizu, let's start with the origin story of Drink and Apothecary. So, you were working for Goldman Sachs in the World Bank, and now you sell CBD for a living. How did we get here? <laughs> Sometimes I look back and I'm like, no idea myself. But I guess <laughs> looking back, it actually all makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, like you said, I started my original career uh, working on the trading desk of Goldman Sachs on the trading floor, trading bonds and distressed equity, meaning like we were taking positions in companies that were bankrupt or like not sustainable anymore and basically taking an equity position and turning them around to Mm -hmm. be sustainable businesses. Anyway, I am very happy to be here today on the other side of the street, focusing on growth and entrepreneurship and, you know, environmental sustainability and actually creating things of impact. Um, And I think working on the, being one small person on a training floor, I just didn't feel like I was making a meaningful amount of impact in the way that I thought I could. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not huge. You know, let's not, let's be clear. Like we're all, we're one, we're one person, but we can do it in a way that like, I think you feel whole and you feel like you're actually doing something with your time. And so there was a transition there. You've created an entire organization. I mean, you're responsible for dozens of livelihoods. You've created multiple products that people interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's been about seven years. Uh, We started in 2014 um, as a delivery company. So our primary business is more digital. So we do direct-to-consumer home delivery of both juices for drink and then herbal blends for apothecary. And... uh, but yet we employ about 37 people to date, um, of which 60% are full-time, 99% is like, we have like one guy that's mm-hmm. not, 
you know, minority. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we're women operate for the most part and obviously women owned. So very proud of that. So I hear you use a phrase often that really lands with me and this is radio. So I annoyingly have to spell this out because it doesn't make sense if you don't understand what I'm saying. So you say that wealthy spelled W E L L T H Y is the new wealthy, the traditional W E A L T H Y. So what do you mean by that? I, th- you know, I think part of that was probably stemmed from my experience at fi- in finance, where you're making a lot of money, um, you know, you're doing this typical nine to five, nah, for us it was like not, right, five to five, or it was five to ten forever, yeah. um, but you're working infinite hours for X paycheck, and I wasn't happy, and I know that sounds like such a flu-flu loose word too, because I think it all, what does happiness even mean, we can get into that, but I think I just wasn't feeling um, well, mm-hmm. besides wealthy. And so I think there's this transition and we really didn't lean into this until like maybe last year is this idea of wealthy is the new wealthy because we were transitioning ourselves away from not just juice, but into a wellness brand. And what does that look like for us specifically? And it's for people that, you know, I think are looking to find impact and meaning in their lives beyond just making money. Mm-hmm. And that could mean for any, for anybody. So putting an even finer point on it, why is self-care important? I mean, I think the word self-care right now is really overused. Mm-hmm, I think definitely. it's like it's been bastardized in my opinion in some ways where everything is wellness and everything is self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the, the word self-care for us specifically means so many other things than just, you know, taking your nails done or going to the you know, getting a massage or something. I think self-care really actually is a practice that starts, it's, it's work, actually. Like, it's not just care in a flu kind kind sure. way. It's, it's, it's not an work. indulgence, it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset, and it takes active work. Um, it's not just bringing your, you know, recyclable bags to Whole Foods so you don't use a paper or plastic bag. Sure. It's an actual mindset and commitment to caring for things that are just beyond yourself and for other people. And so, but why is it important? How does it change the way you view the world? How does it prepare you to lead? Uh, so I think for me personally, I think it's been, um, if I don't feed myself first, then I'm going to deplete my bottle of juice, literal. Um, and so if I don't care for that, then I can't really give for others. And in order to fully prepare for that, I think that's what, for me, that's what self-care has always meant. Yeah. Um, that answers your question. It does. So that's something that, uh, as a leader, I've been really focusing on a lot lately, which yeah. is if I'm not emotionally prepared to succeed, I can't lead effectively. Yeah. So I was sort of challenged by a coach of mine to come up with a morning ritual yeah. so that I would enter the space like really ready to motivate. Um, still working on it. <laughs> what, what kind of like quote or like practice did they instill like so journaling or? she didn't she was like you need to figure out what the steps are like you open your eyes what comes next so that when mm. you walk into the workplace you're ready to rock mm. um and i like i I, str- I have been struggling to come up with one do you have one do you have a morning ritual so the first one is probably i just my morning ritual starts the night before meaning that if i i can't wake up in the morning feeling I used to feel anxious all the time. Mm. And that's why probably apothecary had started is this idea that like fruits and fruits and vegetables alone weren't solving everything. But I would wake up anxious, just like, where's my phone? Oh my God, what did I miss? Like mm-hmm. I slept too much. I slept six hours. So Wall forbid. Street mindset. Right? Yeah, exactly. Four or five in the morning. But I realized like, 
if you can plan your day the night before in a way that's very um, set your day up the, the next day for success, whether it's scheduling your emails to send in the morning, because you can do a lot of that to be position it in your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, that has alleviated so much of my angst and anxiousness in the morning. And then I leave my phone outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one. Mm-hmm. They say the bedroom is yep. uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. sex, Got sleep, it. and uh, what I've, that's it. That's it. that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and eating so, yeah. crackers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's cereal. <laughs> uh, that's a really good tip, though. I mean, to, are you able to shut your mind off, though, once you've achieved the, this very intentional plan for the next day? Like, do you feel at ease? So starting around, my friends, and I literally joked about this yesterday because I was FaceTiming my mom, and she's like, why are you in the dark? So I close my lights or I turn them off around 9 o'clock. And I know that sounds so weird, but I don't have a TV, and I don't. I light my candles. My ritual starts at night at, like, 9 because I turn the lights off, and my eyes are just they become tired by, mm-hmm. like, midnight when I actually sleep. Wait a minute. You're sitting in the dark for three hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, with candles and, like, my phone and, like, just doing whatever. <laughs> but by the time it's, like, like time to go to bed or something, I'm, like, fully in that mood. You're right? wound down. Yeah, I'm, like, totally in that mood. And then, like, I drink our stuff, like our Chill the F Out blend, which is it has, like, reishi and ashwagandha and herbals that really help to adapt and, like, make you a little bit more calm. Yeah. That's really smart. So then you actually get a restful night's sleep from time to time? Yeah. I mean, I don't, um, I don't wake up in the middle of the night and yeah, this is life changing for me since 2018. Like last year I was in the dumps. Like Mm -hmm. I was constantly anxious, not set up for success in the morning, um, tired and yeah. So it all comes down to the evening ritual as opposed to the morning ritual for you. I think so. Yeah. So how has that impacted your leadership style? So a few things. Um, and I'm very thankful for my team to be, be able to call me out on this because I think it's important that you get that 360 feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, don't send emails past like a certain time. Uh, it's very disrespectful for people and they assume that they need to also be on Mm -hmm. at like 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday night. That's Mm -hmm. not true. I mean, I'm learning a thing. Okay. Yeah. But so scheduling that through Gmail has, cause we use G suite. And Mm -hmm. so you can schedule that for tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. And then that way they don't get it until the morning. And so they don't, they can feel like they're actually taking a full weekend and not have to worry that they have to respond to the boss. Mm -hmm. So I think emotional and email hygiene is actually something that I'm really trying to practice for the team to be a better leader. Do you use Boomerang within Gmail? I did. Yeah, I used to, and I deleted it because now Gmail has, like, schedule send. It does? Yeah. So when you send, you know, in the button where it says send, there's a little drop down. Send later. Send schedules for send. Schedule Uh, send. I've never explored that. (laughs) Now you can. And, like, it's, it's, there's the prompts that are so easy. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Awesome. Pick a date. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. So as you were making your transition from kind of like high-powered eye banker to Ayurvedic wellness expert, <laughs> were there any books you read that were particularly resonant? Um, yeah, there were a few books. Um, one is called The Four Agreements. Yeah. yeah. And we're looking at each other like, yeah. Yep. Um, and like one that really stuck to me was Don't Take Everything Personally. And I think that one in particular because... I think as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is sometimes when it's the hard days, the really hard moments, you think it's your fault Mm -hmm. all the time and Mm -hmm. you're fluttered with guilt. Um, That chapter changed my perspective because we realized that then we're actually, in both good and bad, thinking everything is 
because of us. Mm-hmm. Both good things and bad things. But actually, even in the bad, there are so many things outside of us that have impact. The rain, right? People not coming into the store. Yeah, you and I, you know, every we, time it's raining, I like, know. Is, are like, you down yo, this week? Yeah, yeah I'm like, yo, man, is this, like, is this just me or is it like everybody? <laughs> and every time I'm like, no, it's everybody. Yeah, I'm like, okay, thanks. That makes me feel better. <laughs> but that actually has been life-changing because I think getting out of the mindset that everything is about you is invaluable. Certainly. Yeah. That's a great point. Any other resources, like aside from books, are there podcasts that you listen to that help put you in a better mind state? Um, there was one. This is, this, can I swear on this book? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. Sorry, mom. <laughs> there's, a, there's an article by Mark Manson and Derek Silvers um, called Fuck Yes or Fuck No. And it's a great article because it puts into things uh, that if anything is gray or in this lukewarm scenario, whether it's relationships or making a decision on a new lease, it's a no. Mm-hmm. There, let's just be clear. There is no maybe. It's it's a no. Right. There's very few things that are gonna be like fuck yeah. Then sh- it's a, it's a, it's an easy decision. Yeah. That's a, I, I'm thinking about a couple different like pearls of wisdom I've gathered over the yeah. years, and what, that reminds me of one from Danny Meyer, the restaurant. Yeah, tour. yeah. Um, and basically, he said, when our team is considering doing something new, yeah. if we don't think we can absolutely nail it, yeah, we just don't do it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's sort of like a more empowering way to stay to say stay in your lane. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. If a thing feels really consistent with your intentions and you're contributing something to the advancement of the idea, engage. But, uh, you know, the opposite is true in hiring. You know, if I'm Mm -hmm. looking at a candidate and I'm wondering, maybe, I guess I could make an argument for that. Like, to your point, just say no. But that's that's such a good point because, like, how do you scale intimacy with that, right? Mm -hmm. How do you scale efforts of environmental sustainability or hiring a good team as you get bigger that's really hard it is really hard but for for us at glenn's you know we tried to scale and then we retracted because (laughs) two was one too many yeah um and i get the question almost every single day of my life what happened yeah you know and it's like well we didn't close it because it was wildly successful that's not how business usually works yeah um but we closed it because it was very distracting and it was beginning to force decisions that i felt were inconsistent with why we existed in the first place yeah um and our reputation was starting to suffer as a result of it appropriately yeah do you think you would have been able to realize those things unless you had you hadn't made that move it's a great question um it definitely pushed us beyond our organizational bandwidth yeah so we i don't know if we would have realized it as quickly necessarily yeah um or on the same terms yeah but it was very very clear when i was running you know reusable bags back and forth across the city twice a day yeah that like something was severely off the rails yeah (laughs) we just we couldn't handle it and also just to the topic of this conversation emotional sustainability were you even happy oh not even close yeah i was losing my damn mind yeah um you know i don't know about you but like when i was in school i used to i really like to focus on one thing at a time like whether it's like writing a paper and then studying for the exam or whatever it was but i always felt really overwhelmed when i had three or four projects that had similar due dates that i was trying to accomplish at once um and that's what having two stores felt like Mm. it was like there were two projects that i needed to get an a on and i and they needed to be done simultaneously Mm. um and it was just it was beyond my capacity and beyond my organization's capacity but but when we kind of talked about this you have like five businesses under one roof it's not that's true too yeah that's true too right um but closing it allowed us to create an all-star team we took the best 
best staff from both sides. Yeah. Um, and knowing that they were on the all-star team gave them this real sense of confidence and yeah. swagger. Like not only had they made the cut, but they were the best of the best. Yeah. And then we got to focus all of our organization's efforts and attentions on making a single store great. And we finally started to, the way I put it is we finally started to approximate our potential for the mm, first time. I like that. Right? Approximate the potential. So yeah, sort of like purging the distraction and back to our original point, like, yeah. you know, don't do the things you're mediocre at. Yeah. Do the things that you're great at beautifully. But what happens, this is like probably a conversation over long drinks, but what happens when your, your core competency changes and what you thought you had started with? Okay, so we're talking drink to apothecary? Maybe, yeah. Or just like my core competency when I first, well, for example, the leader has always been to create. Mm-hmm. It's not been the, the later stage and the sustain. I'm just, I get really anxious with that. Because I think that there should be five things blowing up in my face at mm-hmm. the same time mm-hmm. because I'm not doing anything. Sure. But that is also dangerous, right? It's like there's this theory, and I learned this in my Ayurvedic training, is like human beings versus human doings. And so often we're being human doings because mm-hmm. we're constantly just doing. Functioning. Functioning, moving, answering emails, doing, doing, doing. What are we trying to avoid by just always be doing? Yeah. Never Can stop we just to think. Never stop to think, to settle in. Ask yourself, like, how do I be? How do I just be? It's very hard to do. Okay, I'm going to let that linger for a second with you guys. So we're talking with Shizu Okusa about her journey from Wall Street to Well Street. Oh, man. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to get some tips on how spending some energy on wellness can fortify you for leadership. Back in a sec. Welcome back. This is Everyday Enviro, a show about the small things you can do to reduce your personal carbon footprint. I'm Danielle Vogel, founder of Glens Garden Market, and I'm joined today by drink juicery, juicery and apothecary founder Shizu Okusa. We've been learning a bit about her story, and now we're going to give you some tips about how you can harness the power of wellness to help you accomplish your leadership goals. 
So we talked a little bit bit about morning rituals. We're not going to rehash that. Uh, But Chizu, can you give us some tips about how to achieve mindfulness and clarity of purpose as we prepare to make progress in our own lives? Uh, I will say that 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 those practices probably change over time, depending on like where you are in your life and how much time you can carve out. I think for um, personally, and then what I tell people is. You know, I think journaling and actually having some like physicalness of your day. So writing in like writing in a physical notebook or highlighting different things or like your goal setting, make that a little bit of a physical effort. I think it makes it more um, tangible and you feel like it's real versus like everything now is in digital form and it's like swipe, 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 mm-hmm. like it's, it's gone. And there's not a lot of accountability to that, whether it's for like mindfulness or um, like an everyday ritual. So that has been like super, super helpful. Um, the second thing I think is having a reset in the day. Uh, I think the day consists of really two parts. One is like daytime and the one is nighttime. <laughs> that sounds really corny, but it's <laughs> super, I think it's super important because it, it actually gives us an opportunity to completely reset at some point. Um, so actual tactical things that for me personally I've done and I've talked to other entrepreneurs is a cold bath. Um, Oh, that sounds uncomfortable. It is super uncomfortable. (laughs) It is like an ice bath. Oh my God. For how long? So the best thing, if you're new to it, um, go under the shower first and then like slowly go cold. Like, so start warm. Or if you really just want to like get it out of you, like shock the system and be like, fuck yeah. Like just go cold. Just like jump in there, turn it on and you'll scream. (laughs) But like, think about all the things that you're not thinking about when that cold hits you. You're actively it's like, torturing yourself. You're torturing yourself. <laughs> but think of it as a great metaphor and an, or like, you know, or like an analogy for life, right? Like that, you just got through that and you put yourself into it actively and you made a choice to do that. That is actually very empowering. It's like you actively made a choice to suffer hmm. because suffering, going through suffering will give you lightness because if you don't do that, you will not know what lightness feels like and you will not know what warmth feels like. Interesting. Until you feel the cold. So you're forcing a contrast. You're forcing that. Exactly. How often do you do this? Crazy Every day. <gasps> but I do it after a workout. Mm-hmm. So only this year have I started actually doing these group fitness classes. I hate it. And then I was like, why would I want to work out with someone? Why would I want to do class? It's so fun and motivating. It is. And it's also like, I have no other opportunity besides this amazing opportunity to like leave my phone outside of the room mm-hmm. and give me time to focus just on myself. Yeah. It's now, cause that is, um, a, a most valuable time, especially as a leader. Like when do you have time that you're not just doing mm-hmm. and you can be, and you can actually think a little bit more creatively and like in your own space. I love that. So do that. And then when you shower, just hit it cold and then go back to your laptop, crank it out. Right. And like your new person. Right. Uh, really, whatever's yeah. at the top of your to-do list is not as uncomfortable as the freezing cold shower. Absolutely. <laughs> just or anything virtual. else. Like, it's just, you actively put yourself in there. Kind of reference point. All right. So we've got journalizing, yeah. j- journaling like in on paper with yep. accountability and also cold showers. Cold showers and a reset. So some sort of reset, right? So whether it's the cold showers or working out or doing a meditation or something that just gives you your time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is there anything that you learned during your Ayurvedic training that would, that sort of shaped your approach to your daily routine? 
Definitely. Um, so Ayurveda is like a 5,000-year-old holistic science. It's the oldest actual documented form of medicine, um, and it's been suppressed mainly because of Western medicine and like the farmers. We can talk sure. all day about of that. Course. But, uh, so with Ayurveda, they talk about three dosha types. Um, so mainly that there are three constitutions that we all have bits and parts of. So you might not, so there's vata, which is like an air and ether person, tend to be like thinner boned, creative energies. I think I'm staring at one. <laughs> so after you do that poop question, you get the result. And there's the pitta, who's like a fiery personality. They tend to be more argumentative. They tend to be, get aggravated when they're like really angry and hot headed and hot, physically hot when they're not balanced. Mm -hmm. And then there's the lethargic kapha types, which are um, represented by like the earth and, and, and like heaviness. So we're all a little bit of each. And then we also rotate by seasons, how much of each actually become um, more prevalent. And so that has changed my life mainly because, for example, I'm a vata, so I'm very airy. That means in the wintertime when it's cold, I can be, I can get more aggravated and more of the same so I get more in my head I get more in the air I get more not grounded and so, being aware of that helps you recognize absolutely. its manifestations like when I go to the grocery store when I go to Glenn's what should I be buying pretty much potatoes huh because it's very grounding oily foods like ghee and butter and avocados because it's very like comforting more nut milks that are warming versus like cooling salads which are actually really hard to digest so like that has been life changing. Fascinating. It's amazing to like, and like for the pitta types, because they get so hot, they should be the one drinking the juice because it cools them down, mm -hmm. literally. Um, and like the kapha types who are really heavy and slow moving, like they should they be the ones getting the caffeine, not the vata types. Interesting. Like we do not need any more caffeine. I am, um, this is landing big time. With it's me. amazing. It's yeah. so interesting. For and sure. Like Ayurveda and not just Ayurveda, but like herbal medicine as a whole. And like, again, why we haven't been using this stuff for mm -hmm. such a long time. Yeah. Because wouldn't it be better to just pay for drugs that wear off over time and yeah, pollute our right? waterways and all that good and stuff? And like you pay like hundreds of dollars with premiums. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's way better. Um, okay. So finally, Shizu, <laughs> this is a show about minimizing our personal carbon footprint. So what are some things you do in your own life to reduce your environmental impact? I carry one of these bottles, no matter Very how good. heavy. Reusable they are. glass bottle. Like three of them in my bottle at any, or my backpack at any given time. Um, and I always, you can see that green bag popping out of my backpack. Mm -hmm. I always carry a recyclable bag. Very I good. Just never know when I'm going to go get my potatoes, basically. <laughs> um, so I think those are small things that have always made a huge impact. I don't think I've ever gotten a personal plastic bag in such a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but those are conscious decisions from a business standpoint. Like we've never used plastic bottles um, and we don't plan to. And your bottles, kind of like the Glenn's reusable bags, have become iconic. Like yeah. a little bit of a status symbol, to be honest. I Maybe. I, I keep know. your bottles and I reuse them yeah, and I, yeah. I like with pride and I'm excited <laughs> to use them. I, I love that. I yeah. think I went camping with my with my pretty pit bull alley dog a few yeah, weeks ago yeah, and I, I, I sent you a picture from the from the fire with my drink bottle. We've seen it being used as an aquarium. That's awesome. It's like small little fishes in there. And I was like, oh my God, A, that's great. But B, like, I hope you transferred that. It's like later. a really small like it's space. Still, like imagine the shop bottle or something. It's Ooh. apartment living for yeah. fish. Yeah. It's just kind of sad. <laughs> Freedom. 
That's hilarious. Okay. Thank you so much for being here today, Shizu. I loved it. I'm feeling really empowered to take a a moment to prepare myself to succeed. So cool back. Thank you. I I think I I am one of those like very hot headed personalities. So uh, that's that's happening. Um, So okay, team, listen up. Climate change is real. It's happening right now, and human activity is making it worse. Every little bit counts. Keep finding little ways to minimize your personal carbon footprint. It really matters, and it's urgently necessary. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Environment Full Service Radio. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. And if you have an idea for a show, hit me up on email. I'm just at glensmarket at gmail.com. In any event, we'll catch you again next week on Everyday Enviro. Talk then. Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.